The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm sick, this, 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 the real deal. And you know I got a shout out to Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max. Sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let's go. Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome in to this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by SB Nation on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network and is being served up to you live by Picasso's Pizza on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order at picassospizza.net. I'm your host, Colt Schroeder. First time catching the show. Appreciate you. Thanks for being here. Already part of the Nerd Mafia. Welcome home. So uh, speaking of part of the Nerd Mafia already, I got, as you can see, I have a uh, the backup quarterback we're going to have to call him this week. Uh, I got Ryan Thomas take was kind enough to come and hang out with me uh, on the bye week here as we had to make some last minute adjustments for the show. So Ryan Thomas, sir, how are you? I am doing fantastic, Colt. There's nothing wrong with being the QB two, one Frank Reich to Jim Kelly. Fill in the blanks who the Jim Kelly is. I'm Frank Reich today. I'm cool with it. <laughs> right. There's worse things than being the backup in the NFL. Right. There I are. mean, there, there, there are. Right. There but are. 
I do appreciate you coming on and spending some time with me. Uh, you always come on and hang out with the show. So when I was wandering around, I was like, you know what? I haven't really chatted with Ryan. We chatted a lot this off season. I'm going to touch base with Ryan during the bye week and we're going to chat it up uh, while we got an opportunity where we don't have to give any kind of score predictions or lay things out that people come back at us saying that we're foolish for. Right. So right. we're going to hang out and have some fun. If you guys are in the chat there, drop your questions, whatever you're thinking, feeling, let us know as we're going through some different things. But like we do every week here, we do like to start out by highlighting in a charity on the show um, this week, uh, because this is domestic violence awareness month. Uh, if you didn't know that you're aware now it is domestic violence awareness month. So I wanted to highlight a charity that is part of, you know, and it supports people that have been through, you know, domestic violence. So this week we're going to highlight the national coalition against domestic violence. You can catch them over at ncadv.org. Um, that is down in the notes and everything like that. So you can just uh, click down there to find that. But again, that's NC, CADV.org. It's a national coalition against domestic violence. They just support, you know, folks who have been through domestic violence and all sorts of different avenues. Um, there's plenty of ways for you, um, you know, to either, you know, donate money, donate time. Um, there's local chapters, there's different things like that. So just a very cool organization. Um, you know, this, this is a pretty prevalent, you know, in, in society today and things of that nature. Uh, so if you know somebody that might need some resources, send them over there. You got some time and energy. Head over there. You got some money. They might take it over there as well. Cool. So how are you feeling, Ryan, coming into the season? We got Richard Rush in the house. What's up, Richard? Appreciate you, man. Go Bills. How are you feeling coming into the bye week? I am um, over the moon. I am mm. very, very happy uh, given what took place this last week against Kansas City. You know, uh, replaying the game and thinking how the game would go and, and replaying how it actually went. Correct me if I'm wrong, Colt, but the fact that this game was as close as it was and as back and forth as it was, I feel like we really earned this win. Whereas in comparison, if the Buffalo Bills would have went into KC and stomped them out, the whole grand scope of the national media wouldn't have really given Buffalo their due. Although the score might have been, you know, let's just say hypothetically 38 to three. I think it would have been, Hey, the bills blew out KC, but we wouldn't have really learned a lot. I felt like we actually learned quite a lot from a close 24 to 20 victory against the Kansas city chiefs in comparison to if we had blown the chiefs out the water completely. Um, this was a game that I definitely feel was one of Pat Mahomes worst games to be quite honest the the bills defense has really shown up despite the injuries that we've had to obviously losing micah hyde for the season and and not having trey white and jordan poyer in and out of the lineup uh, over the course of this season and so many players on this defense have stepped up and many of the players that have been returning starters like tremaine edmonds and matt milano i think are playing their best football right now and um i think that is why we're seeing this defense play at such a high level uh and playing a high level at that against you know one of the teams that is one of those top two teams along with us in the AFC so I'm feeling really good coming out of this bye week yeah I mean it's it's I think most people like including myself thought the the front of this schedule could be questionable um, and how we come through it so coming through at five and one with the injuries and everything awesome right I mean this is an incredible situation to be in I think a lot of people um, thought that the back half of the schedule is definitely a little nicer for us we get a little more home action we're playing opponents that we think we probably are a little better than even though some teams are playing decent right now um, but this is the NFL 
teams kind of can have a few weeks there where they do well. And then reality sets back in. I think uh, uh, Roy Collins, thanks for stopping in and hanging out, man. I don't think many people saw it being a lower scoring game. So anybody listening, Tony, Tony Romo called it out. Like in the first quarter, he said it was going to be 24 to 20. Um, and, but yeah, I agree. I called for a much higher scoring game, but I will admit during the, I never felt during that game that we were out of it. Right. There was never a point in it where we're like, we're never going to be able to win this. Right. Um, you know, so it's like that game I was pacing at the end, you know, nervously pacing, but I was just calmly like, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. But I saw what I needed to see in that win. Right. It was, Oh, it's not going well. It's not going well. We're in Kansas city. The same thing's going to happen. No, not anymore. Right. Like it's, it's not going to happen. We're going to close it out. We're going to be the team that makes the big play this time around. So very awesome to see the bills go into the buy at five and one We're we're talking now about CB depth, right? That like Trey white's coming back potentially here. And like, who are we sitting down now? Because all these young kids have been playing well. Um, so like, how are you feeling? We got Andre Smith. We let him go. Right. But the trade decisions kind of around the corner still, but overall this team's getting healthier and healthier. Where, where are you at right now? As far as the team in general is just, are you feeling real comfortable with the rosters? Anything you change, anything you want to see happen? I feel very comfortable. And, you know, prior to the season starting, I assumed, and we assumed actually that, you know, Trey white would start the season on the pup list and he did, and he's been out, you know, obviously the entire season. And I assumed if he was going to be on the pup list, what would be that potential target date? Typically when a player is nursing a a tough injury, he comes back after the buy. We've seen teams do this a lot over the years with players that are hurt. They come back after the buy gives them that extra week to, you know, get prepared and get acclimated. And Trey White's been, you know, doing just general stuff, nothing too crazy. And in terms of walkthroughs, trying to get back and get prepared for this return. But man, I can't say enough about how these kids and the, the kids being all right, stepping up, stepping up to the plate. Kair Elam has been as advertised first run draft choice. He's been very, very good. He had a beautiful pick uh, on Pat Mahomes in the game last week in the end zone that really swayed, you know, the momentum uh, early in the game at the, at the very least. Christian Benford, uh, the, you, you know how Sean McDermott and and Brandon Bean view him based on him getting an actual start week one, six round draft choice rookie. Uh, and to be honest with you, a guy that has really um, just blown my mind in terms of his next level play is Teron Johnson. And and maybe it's an obvious one based on the interception that he had to seal the game. But it's almost as if these guys knowingly look around and see, Hey, we're a bunch of young guys. Like we finally have our opportunity and we're going to make the most of it. So for the most part, I I don't see many areas where this roster is going to change, nor do I think it needs to just Mm -hmm. as they get healthier, they're just going to become more dangerous than what they already are. And, and right now, you know, this is the first time in a long time that at this point heading into the season, the same team is the number one offense and the number one defense hasn't happened in, I believe, 15, 20 years. My memory serves me right. Um, So the Bills are on top 
you know, they're on top of the AFC East or on top of the AFC and they're the best team in the NFL right now, in my personal opinion. And I, I take the bias out of it completely. Nobody <laughs> has beaten the opposition the way that the Buffalo Bills have. And they slipped on a banana peel in Miami. And, you know, yep. each team, each team has that happen, you know, once a season at the very least. And Buffalo already had that happen. It's already out of the way. So five and one could easily be six and oh. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see where the season takes us. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. And I, you know, I agree the Miami thing. We basically should have won that. I mean, one low throw um, if it's like 10 degrees cooler, maybe even two degrees cooler, who knows, you know, like it was just, it's one of those things, but we definitely were in a position to win that game. And what we're seeing from like the other teams that are playing okay right now, like the jets and the Patriots. And I, when I, I looking at the back half of the schedule, I f- I'm, I'm really having a hard time with my eyes right now, determining if there's another loss back there. When I started the season, I, there was, there was strong parts of me that were at 15 and two. Right. And then there was other parts of me that were at like, you know, maybe we'll lose four. Uh, but now that we're here and green Bay is not with, that everybody thought they were. Uh, is there who? Who are you afraid of here on this back end? Man, that's a good question. You know, I mean, Cincinnati's in there. Minnesota's in there. Minnesota's yep. winning a lot of games right now. But who who are you worried about on the back end here? Uh, to be honest with you, I think the any of the teams that I would be worried about would potentially be within their division. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that, but this AFC East has been much better than what we thought it would be, at least what I thought it would be. And I think that depending on what happens with Tua in Miami and with Mac Jones in in New England, of course, Bailey Zappi's played well, but who who knows how long that will last, how long, whether that's sustainable. But the New York Jets have actually really impressed me this season. I can't believe I'm saying that, but watching them against Green Bay this past week, their defense, their front seven is nasty. Uh, They are playing really well right now in terms of a unit as a unit. Uh, Robert Sala's got them on their P's and Q's and Zach Wilson's finally healthy and they have a running back by the name of Brees Hall that I think is one of the best running back prospects um, in probably the last 10 years. So, you know, the Jets would actually be a team that I would look at and say, we got to play them twice or divisional opponent. But outside of them, I would say Cincinnati. Mm. Outside of them, I would say Cincinnati just based on at any point the Cincinnati Bengals could look like the greatest offense in the league. And, and at right. other points they could look like they're good. So depending on which version of the Cincinnati Bengals that you get, that could be your toughest opponent as well as the jets. Yeah. And their secondary has been uh, fairly legit so far this season as well. Cincinnati, right. When the bills had only given up like one or two passing touchdowns throughout the year, Cincinnati had given up like three. So they they're right there, but yeah, it definitely feels off there. Uh, they've definitely got some stiffer competition. I think a lot of people thought, but at the beginning of this, everybody was trending like the bills have nobody in their division. And now all of a sudden you see people putting the jets on their top five teams list. And it's like in like a couple of weeks ago before Tua, it was the dolphins are one of the best teams in the league. So I agree that the division may in fact now actually be the spot that could be a troublesome area other than when we probably looked at this in the beginning of the season, I would have circled maybe the Vikings, even though I still think we were way better than them. Cincinnati, definitely. One of my other losses I picked late uh, early in the season was to lose the last game of the season, just because we would be sitting everybody because we'd be hanging out. Right. Um, But I, you know, I don't know. It, It feels a little different now that we've seen some of this stuff. Right. 
And yeah, and they beat two teams that I predicted they'd lose to. Two of, right. two of the three losses that I thought they'd have were to Tennessee and Kansas City, and they've won both of those games. So according to the rest of the schedule, as I predicted, they're not going to lose another game the rest of the year, which I doubt that's going to happen. I, you know, things things happen. This is the NFL, right. but um, it just just so happens the team you think it's going to be isn't who it's going to be. So yeah, I mean, I was asked this the other day, and it was to me the Baltimore game has been our biggest win. Yes. Because that that was one that was like a true question mark for me that I saw as like one that we really probably would lose. It was one of the ones that I didn't see us having as much success compared to where I've, I've seen us winning Kansas City. So I know we can do that. I, I just Lamar always seems to find a way to give us a little bit of a fit. We end up closing him down when necessary. We did that again. Um, but that was the one game where I was like, that's a bit that's an impressive win for me. Um, you know, just the way that game played out, that's a big win. Tennessee, uh, I didn't think they were going to be as good, but they were one of those teams that always find a way to give us trouble. Always. Right. We've seen it for the past three years. They give us trouble no matter what. And we dominated them. So um, after that, I I started kind of shifting my thinking a little bit to being like, maybe it's okay when I look at this and say that the Bills really are that much better than the other team they're going to play. I think they're that much better. And I actually think they're a better team than what we thought they would be. As crazy Mm -hmm. as that sounds, just based on going into the season, you know, knowing what bullseye is on their back and knowing that they wouldn't have Trey White. Oh, then they don't have Micah Hyde. Oh, then they don't right. have Jordan Poyer. And they have adjusted. I think that Miami loss was actually one of the best things to happen to this team uh, for the, for their morale, for their for their uh, mentality, their their ego, whatever you want to you know call it. Moving on from that Miami loss was actually one of the best things that's ever happened to this team because ever since it's as if they're a different version of themselves. They're much more confident. Right. They're playing with a huge chip on their shoulder. And defensively, I think this is the best defense that Buffalo has had since Sean McDermott got here. And that says a lot. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I'm curious, of speaking of that, because I... I want to know where you are on this because there's a, there's a lot of back and forth on the Dorsey Dable, like who's better, this, that, and the other. Personally, I'm on the Dorsey side of things, and I'm not just saying that because we're five and one, and it, and it's working with so many guys being out. The offensive line had a lot of shuffling. Wide receivers have been shuffling. There's been no true consistency on the offensive side of the ball. But the reason that I that I side with Dorsey is that I really, when it truly comes down to it, I like the concept of having a quarterback who played the game that's won at a higher level making the decision. 
Where are you on that? I completely agree with you 100%. And I would encourage anyone to err on the side of caution when talking about the New York Giants and their five and one start. Take a look at who the New York Giants have beaten while going five and one versus who Buffalo has beaten while going five and one. Take a look at how the Giants have won their games, actually how they've won their games in comparison to how Buffalo has won the majority of their games. I know I've given credit to Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott for their defense, but Ken Dorsey has done a phenomenal job with this offense, making the offense, I think, more well-rounded. Tony Mm -hmm. Romo even talked about the fact that Stephon Diggs has been a player that he's never moved around more in his career as a wide receiver than he did, than he has this season through, you know, six six weeks into this season. Minnesota didn't move him around in the slot like Ken Dorsey is right now. Brian Dable didn't move him around the the way uh, Ken Dorsey is right now. So we're seeing these players that are extremely talented have their potential maximized. And I think Brian Dable kind of missed out on that um, in in certain matchups that you can harken back to, you know, a year ago or, you know, two years ago or even three years ago. So, you know, I, I think, to, to your point, too, about Ken Dorsey, a former quarterback that had great success as a college quarterback, the pros, there's a lot of situational stuff that dictates whether a college quarterback, a successful one, is successful in the pros. Most mm-hmm. of what made Ken Dorsey successful in college didn't apply to the pros, couldn't couldn't happen for him in the pros. You can't really necessarily choose where you go in the pros unless mm-hmm. you're John Elway or Jim Kelly, but <laughs> you, right. can't, you can't get the chance to choose. So being drafted on a bad team, yada, 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 Ken Dorsey didn't get the shot that you know, he, he would have liked to have had, I think, I think I, I'm not even just speaking for him. I think I'm speaking for a lot of people and saying that, but anyways, I do believe that Dorsey is the guy that three, four years from now, he will be a head coach in this league based on the fact that I do believe Buffalo can win the Super Bowl this year, be a contender for many years to come with his offense. And if Ken Dorsey puts some hardware on his fingers, what team wouldn't want him as a head coach. Um, And I think uh, these guys seem to really enjoy playing for him. The atmosphere come training camp, you know, moving into the preseason, moving into the regular season. We actually feel as if we are moving forward with a balanced offense now, especially after what we saw against Kansas city, where Devin Singletary had one of his best games in his career. And I hope to see that more as we get into the dog days of the season, the, the harsh weather, you know, Josh Allen can't be running around in the snow, getting leveled, you know, in the snow and taking those bumps and bruises in the winter, the way he does in the, in the, uh, in the September, October months. So right. we'll expect to see a more well-balanced offense. I think from Dorsey, as opposed to Dable in years past. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's really it's going to come in big at, at, at some point late in the season. Just his uh, his understanding of the game, you know, just everything about that. And I think that truly is going to come down to something crucial at some point or he's just going to be a little more willing to see it in the quarterback's eyes to say, you know what? Let's just do it. Right. And I think a part of that in which one thing that I think there was a moment there where some people were upset with McDermott or whatever. But one thing I really like that he's done this year is if you look, if you pay attention to this stuff is the analytics. When they tell you to go, he goes, he doesn't question it at all. If you go and look, he's a hundred percent when the Atlantic, the analytics say, just go for it. Just go for it. He's taking a lot of the, Hey, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And just going, you know what? We're just doing what that says because we have the best. We have the best player. We have the ability to make it happen at any any given point in time. The number says go. We have a number that says 17. He says go. 
we're going right. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about the offense a little bit. I want to touch on each phase here just briefly, kind of where you feel they're at for me. I gave the offense just, I don't want to, it's, I don't want this to seem like a negative thing, but I think there's room for improvement, right? I think there's some, if you, if you go and watch what's happened when we tend to fail, it seems to be self-inflicted failure, right? So I think there's room for obviously to run block a little better from some folks. I think that there's definitely some still things in that avenue. How, where's the offense for you right now? I think the offense is trending towards that right direction. And I kind of Mm -hmm. alluded to it, you know, earlier in the season, the first few weeks, we saw that pass happy offense, you know, more oftentimes than not, you look at the stat sheet and Josh Allen had more rush attempts than Devin Singletary. And I don't know about you, Cole, but that scares me. If there's any guy that I don't want to get hurt on this team, of course, it's Josh Allen. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the more opportunities the defense has to to hit him, to lay the smack down on him, they're going to do it. They're going to take it. Uh, we've seen that. We've also seen the refs not call those things, which that's right. another story in and of itself that I'll never understand. But I do believe moving into the, you know, double digit weeks of the season, if you will, that we are going to see a more balanced offense. And I do believe there's a lot of room for improvement. There's a lot of room for players to actually receive more opportunity. And Mm. one of those guys that I really want to see on the back end, two of them actually on the offensive side of the ball are Khalil Shakir and Dawson Knox. I Mm. think there's a lot of opportunity for both of those guys to show what they're capable of. And I'll give you a third one, James Cook as well. Yeah. Um, those are three players that I think can really change the dynamic of this offense even more than what we've seen from guys like Gabriel Davis, Stefan Diggs, those guys, we know what those guys are. Those are the two best receivers on one team in the whole league as far as I'm concerned. So mm-hmm. spread it around a little bit, um, get it in the play, the playmakers hands, the young playmakers hands like Knox and, and Shakir and cook. And I think you'll, you'll start to see more opportunities open up, you know, for, for the entire offense. Yeah. I agree. I agree with a lot of that. There's uh, I think there's the, the cook thing. I mean, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I know all the rumors are floating around about possible running back trades, this, that, and the other, you know, Moss gets sat down last week. I, I know that gets made a lot of with what's taking place, but we watched them sit people down last season that you might've been like, eh, why? But it's all, it's game plan, right? It's about what they're trying to get done a lot of the time. Now, is there part of me that thinks there's potential that Moss could get moved? Yes. Right. Because I think there's, for me, there's a team like maybe the Rams that you go to them and say, Hey, Cam Akers doesn't really seem to be working out for you. We got a guy that can't really get him to find his way for us. What do you say? You know, like, and they work something out, but besides something like that, do you believe in like the CMC stuff? Do you believe in, I don't think it's necessary really. I think what we have is enough and I would rather see cook keep cooking and keep learning and let Singletary roll because I, he's still good. And whether the ploy is just to keep Singletary at mediocrity so we can sign him again, very cheaply at the end of the season, maybe that's it, but I don't know. What do you, where are you at? Well, it's tough for me because, you know, in a perfect world, the NFL is like playing Madden and you can just trade, make all these trades and get all these guys on one team and just, you know, go bananas. But that's not how the NFL works. The NFL is not the NBA. The NFL is not the NHL. Um, and that's a good thing. I, and I'm, mm. I'm taking some shots at those leagues for a reason with how these players can go from one team to another and team up and superstars this and superstars that. The NFL actually has a good competitive streak that I hope they can keep. But with that being said, if I'm Brandon Bean, I know how good this team is. I built it. 
brick mm. by brick. I built it over the span of five, six years. Mm-hmm. If I have the opportunity to go out and get a player that sends my team from a great team to a juggernaut superstar dynasty, I take I take that chance, depending on what the cost is, of course. Now, if Carolina mm-hmm. says we want a second round pick and, and Zach Moss for Christian McCaffrey. Maybe that's doable. But if Carolina says we want two first round picks, take it or leave it, we'll tell them to stick it, to be honest. I I don't want to do that. So, you know, it it all depends on the price in any trade. It all depends on the contract and and everything like that. Um, And I know a lot of fans are curious about CMC. I am just as curious, if not more curious, about the upcoming status of Odell Beckham Jr. to see what you know, where, where is his health at? Where could he fit in with this team? Uh, there's a guy by the name of Jamison Crowder that is, that is out for the foreseeable future. I feel like OBJ wouldn't take anything away from Stefan Diggs. He wouldn't take anything away from Gabriel Davis. The one guy he might take away from is Isaiah McKenzie, as well as uh, Cleo Shakir. But I do know that if if you were to ask OBJ, who would his favorite quarterback be? If he were to play with Josh Allen, it would be Josh Allen, number one, Eli Manning, number two, Baker Mayfield, safe to say, would be number three. Maybe Matt Stafford be three and Mayfield be four. But you get my point. Mm-hmm. The, the perfect quarterback for Odell Beckham Jr. is Josh Allen. And uh, I would love to see that just in terms of a late signing that, you know, Buffalo can finagle the cap space and make that happen. Brandon Bean's been known to do that, obviously, with Von Miller. And Von Miller and OBJ have a great friendship. So that would be fun. That's one that I I would not be against that in any way. And I know a lot of Bills fans are against it, but I just say, hey, if they go out and sign OBJ and they win a Super Bowl because of OBJ, something that he did, that he does a great catch in a clutch moment. Would you bet an eyelash at that? Would you be against that? I doubt it. So I leave you with that, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is for me is I, I just go kind of always trend back to Brandon Bean just watched the new England Patriots be incredibly successful. So for 17 seasons with a good quarterback and a crap ton of running backs, right? Like it didn't matter, right? It was like, you found one that was good each week and you made it work. Right. And that, and I believe that they kind of feel that way, right? Like they're just like, Hey, we'll keep trucking along with what we have here. Somebody we're eventually going to hit, right? Somebody's going to hit. And I think they truly believe, believe that, that if we just keep looking for it, we're going to find it. We're going to get it. Look how good we've done everywhere else. Right. Yep. You know, so, yep. so we're getting pretty close up here on the time or whatever, but I want the defense. I think you and I talked offline briefly that, just keep doing what they're doing. I mean, this depth that this line has been so beneficial this year. Um, I think the Phillips, him being back around has just been incredible despite the injuries. Ed Oliver was out early. I hope he can stay consistent, but realistically, there's nothing that tells me this defense shouldn't just continue to do this or maybe even get better somehow. Yeah, I, I think they're going to get better. I think they're going to get a lot better um, as this team gets healthier offensively and defensively. We haven't even seen the 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 best of the best bills yet. I don't yeah. think we have. And that's scary. That's a scary thought. When you do mention a guy like Ed Oliver, he hasn't even really reaped the reward necessarily of a Von Miller alongside of him just yet consistently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He hasn't, yep. he hasn't really reaped the reward of that. And to take that to the next level, Von Miller hasn't really reaped the reward of, of Ed Oliver. Um, right. and, and that's an even, you know, crazier statement because Von Miller has been, 
an amazing signing for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he's checked off every single box every single week. And I saw something. I don't know if it was on Pro Football Focus or one of the analytics sites, but per snap or per snap count per game, Von Miller is at his most efficient point this season and any other compared to any other point you know, through six weeks mm-hmm. in any of his previous seasons. So Von Miller's playing his best ball with the lit, with the low amount of snap count that he is uh, receiving each, each and every week. And they're keeping him fresh because they have this ridiculous amount of depth on the defensive line and shout out to guys like Greg Rousseau and AJ Epinesa yeah. that never get really the credit that I think they deserve in terms of stepping in there and offering a different look in comparison to Avon Miller and Greg Rousseau. I've been talking about him almost every week. I've seen so many opportunities where Gregory Rousseau is this close so, so close yeah. to getting a sack. So it's just a matter of time before the quote unquote cold front returns to Orchard Park, New York and returns to the NFL. Yeah, I, th- I think they're they're They've been moments away from like milliseconds away from four or five sack games, you know, multiple weeks in a row here. It's disruptive. And I think when the weather constraints, a lot of things start to happen. That defense is really going to get very difficult to move the football against when the winds whip in and things are cold and wet outside. We'll see. Last phase and probably the most important, uh, potentially, I think with, yes, we blow out a lot of teams, but when we get into the playoffs, we see games where the kickers are going to be crucial, right? All those things are going to be very, very big. The only thing that I've seen that I would still like to see, or I feel like this team is missing is just that big hitter on special teams. We talked about this offline a little bit about, you know, like the Andre Roberts was very good about getting us the ball at like the 40, the 45, you know, all those kinds of things. And just, I feel like we're missing that, but overall the special teams has done a great job in coverage. Um, you know, Bass looks just as good. Like we can walk him out there whenever we want. And Martin fits here, right? When he doesn't have to punt a lot, we don't need him to do a ton. He's very good at it. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. I've tried racking my brain over the last few weeks as far as who could who could fill that kick returner, punt returner role a little bit better than some of the people that we've seen. And quite honestly, I'm looking at any way possible to get James Cook the ball in his hands. And I know he's a second round pick and he's a running back and they got big plans for him within the offense and in his future. But why not get his feet wet back there? Why not give him an opportunity to, you know, field some punts, field some kicks? And I guarantee you, you'll see some electric things happen. You go back to his tape at Georgia. Anytime this guy had the ball in space, he was a goner. It, it only took a couple moves to get him past a, a you know, a, a defender and he's gone. So I'd like to see that. Uh, I, I, I don't know if we will, but I'm just throwing it out there for the Bills fans as far as what they might think about that uh, right. in terms of James Cook being back there as a kick returner or punt returner. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're still holding out hope, right? That Stevenson is going to make that return and it's all going to work out. I mean, I think that it almost feels like at this point, that's purely what he was drafted to do. Um, and it's just not panning out yet. Um, they keep kind of just moving through people trying to see if it'll work. But yeah, it, to me, that's like, if you're going to look at this team and be like, Hey, if they could be better at one thing, I guess that would probably be about it. I don't. Right. I mean, they're pretty damn good at everything else. Right. So, I mean, it's it's like, if you wanted to really like fine tooth through it and be like, well, you know what, when they're, you know, they kick the ball inside the eight, they don't actually tackle till the 10, but if they take kick it inside the seven, they tackle at the six. So we should probably kick, you know, like I, 
you have to get pretty fine tooth on this team. I think right now coming out of this by, I think a lot of people thought they'd be getting into a juggernaut matchup on Sunday night football. Don't think it's going to be there necessarily anymore. Uh, it feels more of like it could be a potential for the nation to see the bills just destroy another football team. Yeah. And I think the potential to see a young superstar quarterback go up against, I hate to say this because I like Aaron Rodgers, but he's on the back nine. He's, he's on faded. the back nine. He's, he's on the back two. He's on the back two. He's, he might be on the back one. You <laughs> he know, should he might be, be out. He, yeah. he might be out next year. And, and it feels like he's out. Feels like he's out and it feels like the Packers are shifting. They're yep. shifting their 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 team, you know, in, in terms of how they're building it, their their thought process behind how they're building it. I will say Green Bay has a has a fairly good defense. There's some guys on that defense that are that are pretty good. Um yeah. but they're they not good in the positions they've been put in though. They've been on the field no. way too much. They're right. yeah, they're they're being exposed because uh we haven't seen them on the field a ton in the past, or they've been playing a lot of games where they're playing past defense, right? right. And they're not in that situation anymore. So there's there's some serious difference there because I pick them too as one of the top defenses at the beginning of the year. If you look at what they've done year after year, they're consistently good, but they're being asked to do more this year and it's not favoring them at all times. I feel like they're just at a point where they're 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 somewhat mailing it in in terms yeah. of who they have and who they don't have. They know they don't have a skill position receiver to speak of. That's a yeah. fact, and it's just yeah. And they don't have a backup should. quarterback to move to at this point either. So no. this feels to me like this is we're 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 getting close to almost the Patriot esque fall here, right? Where it's they're going to go down to the bottom, and they 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 might lose to Detroit every it's season, easy. you know, like yeah. for a while. And, and Detroit's actually, I, I never thought I'd say this, but Detroit's actually trending upward in comparison to Green Bay, like these well, next few years. Well, if you got them a mobile quarterback, they have a good, they have good offensive pieces in Detroit, yeah. right? They yeah. do. They really do. So yeah. yeah, I just, I think that we'll see what happens. And obviously this is the NFL, right? So you're not going to write anybody off. You're not going to write off a team that's coming in on Sunday night football. That's probably potentially looking to ruin your party, right? Cause you're, you're walking out of the bye week and, and actually we haven't done that great coming out of the bye. Right. And um, we, we've kind of struggled to get ourselves re going. Uh, I don't think that'll happen with this team, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see it either way. We got a lot of good football ahead of us. Uh, I would say continue bills mafia to not get upset. If we drop one, it's not over. We're going to be there. I, I think there's a strong possibility. The number one seed might have three or four losses. So if we're talking about only losing maybe one or two more games. Uh, we're in good shape here. I think so. Just continue to enjoy it. Uh, love on Josh Allen each and every week, right? So appreciate everybody tuning in this week. I uh, love you guys hanging out in the chat. Appreciate you guys chiming in, giving us some stuff to talk about and telling us when we're foolish and uh, pointing things out for us. So appreciate that. Ryan, sir, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with me. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you if they don't happen to know who you are when you're doing shows? Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, Colt. This was always, it's always a pleasure. And this was a uh, fun, fun show to uh, put together. Um, so for anyone that wants to check out any of my stuff, my social media at Ryan Thomas take for Twitter as well. 
Uh, I've, I'm on Instagram all the time, posting stuff at Ryan Thomas take uh, YouTube channel, the Thomas take sports podcast. I have a lot of YouTube shorts. I love to spit off a 60 second hot take or a score prediction or my Buffalo Bills X factor series, which has been awesome each and every week. People are really enjoying that um, as well as Facebook. That's where my show is streamed as well as YouTube uh, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. I do pregame post game, a lot of awesome stuff. And uh, obviously, um, I got some UFC stuff on the walls around here too for my mm-hmm. other my other shows. So uh, combat sports coverage UFC 280 is this Saturday. Really pumped for that. I have my uh, preview and prediction podcast coming out. Who I got winning those fights and why and a whole lot more. So I really appreciate uh, the Bills Mafia tuning in to my Bills coverage or even my combat sports coverage on my podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me, man. Uh, we've gone back and forth a couple of times. The fans appreciate you. So we can't go wrong with having you on. So absolutely love hanging out with you. Make sure you guys do. Uh, if you missed the, at the top here to go over there and check out at ncadv.org. That's the national coalition against domestic violence. If you can, uh, you know, send some information to people that might need it or help out over there. Appreciate everybody tuning in and hanging out each and every week. And of course, go bills. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg out.